Okay, hello, hello, welcome in Go Global Eastern Europe podcast dedicated for ambitious people from our part of the world. And today I have special guest person that I will later say why I invited him. But Stefan Repin, if you can uh, introduce yourself, who you are and little part of your backstory. Yeah, sure. Um, glad to be here, Thomas. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, amazing, amazing podcast. Um, I come from uh, Moldova or Romania. So uh, I right now I'm living in Budapest in Hungary. And the um, question is, what? why am I here? What do I do? So I, I do, uh, right now I do B2B marketing, uh, which is about more about revenue and uh, ABM. Who doesn't know ABM is account-based marketing campaigns? This later, I just want to add that I love when somebody do in practice what they write about and they teach. And I met Stefan that way that you sent me some cold emails based on that we are connected on LinkedIn. Then you <laughs> sent some follow-up and I, I was thinking, oh my God, I have so many you know, B2B marketers and this is the one person that really do this in practice. I don't remember if I answer or not. But many times I saw Stefan in different communities. And after this, I found, okay, this guy is doing this in practice. <laughs> so when we meet again in some B2B uh, membership community, I, I, I was really happy to invite you here. So yeah, it's important. <laughs> and based on your story that you practiced it so many times the different angles for b2b marketing and i also so i feel this and i get this message hi thomas we are in you know in connection in linkedin i okay <laughs> great so yeah but it's 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 for us people telling okay it's annoying or something but many people respect a uh, good job and this is okay sales people wouldn't buy something for you if you are too good in sales and i no, I respect if person, you know, I'm curious. For example, one time I maybe was, you know, some crazy coaching program for $15,000. And I, okay, I signed up just to check the sales process. Uh -huh. And they started talking, yeah, we have so great and everything. And I think, why that person didn't ask for my, you know, goals, what I need, my desires, and then deliver this what they offer based of my needs so yeah this is opposite side and when we see someone good in sales and you're good in sales or good in marketing you are respecting this so i highly respect this Thanks. cold email and this automation <laughs> so yeah let's so yeah let's let's dig deep uh, about this so okay so what do you consider about your biggest success in your uh, from this from this stories that something what you are super excited yeah it works i found something it, it's 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 great uh yeah actually what i think a good success in terms of like i'll talk about b2b because i, I assume your audience is more like b2b mm -hmm. um i worked with one so one company that i worked with um basically was the, there was one company that basically made made me like step step my step up my game because of the ceo so you know always this they say the quotation is like if you start working for for not for the company you start working for someone you know and i um and i got i, I started working with uh reinvently because of their ceo um and it was where eventually is their um, mobile development studio uh where, uh, with with the headquarters in texas and with california and um, well, of course, their development was offshore in, in mm -hmm. Ukraine. 
Um, and basically what I understood really well back then, that there is a difference between outsourcing and, and a product uh, company. Because um, you can be, okay, so you can still be a, an outsourcer, but you can work on the product. And for developers, and generally for people, it's much easier and much more fluent to work for uh, an exact company, but not to jump clients all the time. Because it basically takes the soul out of, of your work, right? So it's all also for for um, developers, it's good to, you know, to say, okay, I work here and I contribute to this particular project. So what I learned from um, what I learned from Artyom is like a lot of things. Um, one, like a few of them was like um, he, we compl- we were working with the website and uh, we we he always said no, it's not ready. You know, always it's uh, like no, it's not good. It's not. I was like like what the fuck? This guy is like really creepy. He's like he's creeping me out. You know, he's how how the hell is not good? But um, but he was uh, by the way. Um, he was a big fan of Basecamp. It was the, the my first and only job where I used Basecamp, Basecamp software. Okay. Um, yeah. And he he said, look, I, I really like the Basecamp mentality, um, and I really like how they do how they do things. Um, so basically, it's not that I'm picky, but I want to, you know, I've put so much uh, energy into this website five years ago when we did it, and now I want to put uh, even more energy to make it to get it done. And he was like the Steve Jobs prototype, Steve Jobs on Earth prototype for me, this guy in our team. And, and, and then um, that was good. And then we, when we started the, the he, I liked that he, he never made like really reactive decisions. He's, he had a really good management style where he gave the power to the people, but he always could uh, control. Um, and he, a good part about him is that he never did like re- any reactive moves, which is like very, 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 um, popular in in eastern europe specifically it's like oh it's not working like hey, yo, you're fired you're fired you're fired and then tomorrow it's like oh, oh okay what do i do uh he never he never did this kind of stuff he was really like strategic in everything he or almost everything he did uh, at least when it comes to work oh my success my personal success with him, our personal success was that when we started the content strategy um with them we started building like tools uh because Software develop like mobile software development is kind of it's kind of busy when you sell to American clients, right? So you need you really need like UBP. They had an amazing sales team, but they they had some troubles with marketing. After actually after they had a senior marketer in uh, uh, in America in Texas, whom they had to fire after a year because he was he was a manager. He was not a, a, a hands-on kind of a person, so he wouldn't. He was like okay. Uh, let's be an, we need an UVP. Okay, let's hire an agency. Oh, I need some graphics. Okay, let's hire an agency. It's like, you know, it's kind of like, I want to manage, but I don't want to do things myself. And I think Artem was looking for someone uh, who would do, uh, who would actually implement, like on the strategic part, uh, that we would think about something, strategize, and then we would implement. So uh, just finishing up the story. So the, we, we, our content really, actually our content strategy really, um, Came up really nicely uh, because we started um, we started growing really really fast after I think six seven months after we started uh, new new articles which were much better. Um, uh, then we started we had a, a bunch of tools which we had. Then we had a, a, a nice a nice cherry on top. We started uh, I didn't know about that but we, we started one I think one of the first ways how you can connect with your audience like let's say these panel discussions and these experts expert articles we started with that in in uh, in like in california we started with artem's profile reaching out through linkedin and saying 
hey, um, John or whatever, like, do you want to be a part of this article? And we, we started doing that. And we optimized it even more with Forbes because we, we got argument to Forbes uh, tech councils. So his voice, he really became a voice uh, as thought leader in, 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 the, um, in the industry. Um, um, so in terms of like a result, exact results, I think we, they had like three or four leads per week um, at the beginning, well, when I started. And by the time when I actually didn't leave, the company just merged with someone else with a bigger company and Artem left. We had um, something like 12 or 15 leads per, per, per month. By leads, I mean like, uh, I think those were already SQLs. So good, okay. well, well, well qualified leads. So. Whoa. so very big growth. Yeah, very big growth, but there was like, like a lot of work. And it's not only, it was a common work from marketing and sales. We had an amazing sales leader, um, um, Helen, and she, she kicked, you know, she, she's, she's really good. And we really got aligned on all those things. And um, it's really, it's really rare when a salesperson understands marketing, marketing and, and Helen one was one of those and like amazing, like a really, really good sales um, uh, lady. So that's one case one I, I really liked. And how, how many people were involved in the project from marketing and sales to, oh. to deliver so big growth? Uh, we weren't we're, like the, the thing is like people most people always ask me like how many people do you need to like to a team you don't need like a big big company like, you don't need like a big team but all all the all the com all the people need to be a good fit you know mm -hmm. it's enough that one person is not aligned that you know it throws off the whole process that it's, you know now it's trendy to have marketing managers companies put marketing manager and then the marketing manager manages the whole process this is kind of BS because that person what like they don't really produce anything. What's what's the what's the production? You know, just some reports. Uh, so the companies just answering your question. Um, I would say we were four or five people on the marketing, four or five, five people on the marketing side, and the sales team was again four people. So mm -hmm. overall, a team of maybe eight, eight, nine, mm -hmm. together with a CEO. Again, not a huge team. I know teams were much much bigger, but they don't deliver the result. I think it's about commitment and uh, alignment mm. here. Um, yeah, exactly. But you know that to be to be known in California in this industry, so it's well, well done success. And the second case you wanted to mention? Uh, yeah, we'll, well, the second case was related to cold email. Mm. Uh, one of the companies, <laughs> okay, funny story. So one of the companies that I worked with, I uh, was a um, Polish company, Poli well, uh, Polish, pardon me, uh, Polish Hungarian, Polish Hungarian Czech, Slovakian Romanian. So it was um, as a, um, uh, in in Polish it's Angielska Wioska. It's a uh, English um, camps for for children and teenagers um, in in Poland, Hungary, Romania, Slovakia, Czech Republic, and we got. Um, it was quite a big company, I think. Um, a lot, there were a lot of people involved, but the 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 manpower was not that qualified. So certainly you didn't have the same alignment in terms of marketing and sales and the team was much smaller. Uh, the team was much, much smaller. Um, it was just basically me and a few more people which were kind of like uh, not even full-time marketing employees. They were doing something else. So eventually it was just me. But um, we grew the company uh, 25, we grew the company 25% with very small, like with a very small investment. So their ROI was like, I don't even know what their ROI was. 
because it was basically my salary. And we, so it was again, cold email. Uh, we were, um, yeah, we were scraping, <laughs> we were scraping. We built a few tools to scrape um, some, some job ads, some job ad boards, some, um, uh, we, didn't, we didn't do anything with LinkedIn, but we had a lot of very niche uh, communities where people were, we needed were. And we did a very good job with uh, building like unique scrapers and having, we had like a very thorough process how we basically validate these people. But eventually what worked really well was the, uh, what was called email. Um, I've, 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 I went through hundreds of um, examples of, of cold email and always optimizing, changing this, changing that. The goal was, the, the good part was we always gave the value came up front. So we gave something for free to these people, you know, like a workshop or, um, or um, an assignment or like a, a, a travel uh, opportunity. So, you know, you know, you know, they say paid forward. So it's going to come back later. It always came back later. It was really good because I feel, I felt like the guy didn't really understand marketing. And I was like, Oh, if I fuck up with this and then, uh, you know, the return will be longer than uh, I guess I'll have to look for another client. But I was in the way lucky that um, it was a, a short fuse. So whatever we implemented, it worked right away. It was good. Um, yeah, uh, we, I think, so we, we got 25 to 30% um, uh, new of new business in new business in terms of like, I can't give an exact number, but it's like hundreds of thousands of, of euro, right? It was um, it was a well-organized campaign. In some way, you can say that was the um, how I so how I implemented the ABM campaign to into a bit in a B two C market, mm -hmm. um, and I think it was it was it was good. It was good overall. Uh, we still talk with Michal uh, from time to time. Corona hit them hard actually, uh, but they're getting back on track. Okay, so what, what was the reason to build that specific tools for extract? Because there are so many SaaS tools to extract, to send cold emails. So this is anything specific or? or... Yeah, so um, we, uh, so basically the job, there are tools such as um, Xscraper and there is, um, this, there is one called the Swiss Nice or scraping, whatever. But you need, for all those tools, well, you can first of all, you can't set them in a way that they'll work for you only for this specific pl platform. You need to understand all these tools. They are just like for making money. And if you're making it very personalized and you don't want your, so you know that, for example, every 10 seconds, you need to stop, right? And you need to test that eventually with your own, with your own gut feeling, with experimenting, right? So it took at least a few months to figure out a way that we could, you know, you could have a scaled process and it wouldn't be blocked because your profile would get blocked in these profiles, right? Mm -hmm. On on these um, on these um, uh, dashboards or company profiles, um, say for example, like a job board, we knew that every five seconds um, you need to you, you need to do a, um, a check. So we we actually built a check in inside the scraper inside Chrome that it would automatically do the check. So I didn't need to. Um, hold hands with the scraper every okay. uh, every hour. You know, at the end of the day, I just checked and um, it worked. So that that was the reason because just personalization. I mean, cold emails. We used uh, Mailshake. I guess you know Mailshake. Mm -hmm. um, later on, I'm I'm a big fan of Lemlist and know their company uh, pretty well. Uh, and now I'm using Lemlist. 
um, because also they have this warm-up function, which Mailshake doesn't. And I think this warm-up function is their, well, their UVP, something that other companies don't. Okay. Um, yeah, don't. I didn't know because, you know, always um, when I read something and tested, so it's, we should do warm-up by ourselves. So I have a, <laughs> didn't know that Lemlist offered this building. Interesting. Yes, sir. They, they do, uh, you basically sign up for, um, was that, I think like $90 or something, whatever. I don't remember the price, but basically you can warm up um, your email with, with them. Okay. That's good. Okay, great. So yeah, I wanted to also talk a little bit about this outsourcing part that you say that you was involved in this project. Yeah. From your perspective, what what company what software company where there is only tech people inside because there is often this story that tech people friends they decide okay let's try something for on our own and they skyed based on the recommendation based on and their personal contacts but above 10 20 developers it's hard they, they need to decide yes. what to do next so when would you consider to go in inside is okay let's be outsourcing company and just found partners or to build our own brand and to find a niche for ourselves position and everything well, that's a very good question actually um very good question because last year i tried to launch my own outsourcing company uh, sap outsource sap and i failed um and i'm actually happy that it failed because it taught me a lot of uh, things one of them was like I don't work with corporations like big corporations like thousands of people there because they're not really efficient and the decision making is slow not transparent um, and I feel so uh, giving advice to your uh, small outsourcing company I'd say a company of 10 or 15 um, I think I think you know you know you, you need first of all you need some fuel into the machine right so if you are really looking I know consultants say you need to come with the UVP right away. It's going to be easier to say, blah, blah, blah. But in like what I see in practice is like, yes, you're right. But fuck it, you know, you need to put, you need to eat something, right? So I'm really certain that <laughs> I'm really certain that the first companies you are going to talk to are going to see, look at you as, a, you know, no, there's going to be no difference between you, you and the other. And they'll choose just because maybe you're cheaper or they like you more, right? Um, and then you look, this is the reality. You need to start with what you have uh, with a few projects, two, three projects, maybe five, 10, whatever the number is you start. And then after a while, while you figure out, you know, it's also like all uh, know thyself. You need to understand yourself, what your strengths are as a company and what you want to do as a company and what kind of uh, technology you want to do. And after, I think maybe a while, while you grow up as a company, it's the time to do the UVP and all these like smart stuff that all consultants teach. Uh, because there is, I think there is a certain evolution, right? If you didn't die from the very beginning, um, then it makes sense that you uh, evolve and make, uh, you know, become better where you do. Uh, but I, I also understand that um, coming up with a lot of changes and starting with all this smart stuff, like customer interviews, and then what's your UVP and then ABM and what it's, super overwhelming for a company with like 10 15 developers it's like first of all they don't know marketing they don't know shit about marketing they're the second they look at you with like numbers so if you can show them numbers that's going to be great if no goodbye um third third is just like uh, again you'll spend a lot of time on educating them like explaining what is marketing what is sales they'll think sales is like leads get us more leads hotter leads better leads you know 
so it's a it's, it's a it's a definitely a process so that's why i don't really you know i've, I've had requests in the requests in the past but there is a certain uh, level the companies need to uh, to pass in order to work with the marketer like many companies they're just not ready just, just not ready okay, they're right. gonna they they just don't get it so how would you name this you know this stage that you know till this for example i understand okay till some stage they will they need to check their technical background to be sure that they can deliver from this technical standpoint some kind of organization because sometimes you know person they jumping from tech position to be manager so it's also a big thing <laughs> so what, what, how, how would you spot this time when the weather is worth to to work with marketer because you know i talk with one little company and they four people and they ask okay what can i do for them and i say guys i i wouldn't you know that really cost too much to work with me on this stage i can offer my course and we reference if you didn't like this but still i think that could be overwhelming for you to implement all of this yeah. if the founders are still coding also so it's cool it will be will be hard so when is the time you know to to start with marketing from your perspective good, good question well first of all the person who starts with who will dedicate his or her time all the the, the head managers be the ceo or the ceo first of all that person needs to start educating himself herself in marketing and sales and i think they after all they'll, they'll reach a level when they realize okay i need more sales or they'll say i need more sales but they're they will actually mean i need more marketing you know because you need to feed something to the salesperson right um uh, there is more to um, there is more to um, um, re making revenue, getting revenue than just calling, cold calling people or sending cold emails, uh, because in the development outsourcing world, it doesn't really work like that. Um, people, uh, I, I, you know, I've worked with a lot of um, companies in, in Canada or um, Canada, America, Germany, uh, Sweden, and um, you know, competing on, on prices is, is really stupid. Like, you know, people can always go to a comparison company, comparison page such as like Clutch, for example. And then compare like companies from all over the world and say I like this, and then you call and they'll they'll take your order right away. Um, but answering your question, I think um, the time comes when uh, the manager. First of all, um, there is an amount of leads you can get from your personal network, and basically by recommendation, that's uh, that's. And then when you start, when people start to get fed up, uh, well, you when the the pipeline doesn't fill up with those leads and you get leads which are worse and worse that's the first that's the first um uh, bell that would say ding ding you gotta uh, you gotta hire a marketer or somebody who's gonna start the the, the, the process the demand the demand generation process um where there is um, another stage i think would be when sales are like oh okay we can't close these like we don't have enough leads or so something like that that's already when you have sales people um, involved, um, or when, for example, uh, companies are like, um, I've I've seen those cases too. Or when they are like, okay, so I can't work for twenty dollars an hour. It's just like not sustainable. We are, um, you know, it's it's, it's going to break the company. And then they start looking for ways to um, to raise their their fees. And then they figure out, oh well. Um, let's do some they start searching oh let's do a bit of lead generation let's do a bit of a bit of cold calling let's do a bit of marketing and they do a bit of everything 
and very often this bit of everything ends nowhere <laughs> because there is no education and people don't stick to um, you know getting getting a bit of everything ends in nowhere uh, with ends with ends with no nothing um, so without it, any pillars or, or yes you, yes you know exactly. that preparing good lists for cold leads, cold leads, cold calling, uh, cold emails, everything is hard work. And if someone just checking, okay, I bought some automation and I'm sending, you know, on LinkedIn, <laughs> zero, you know, any test wouldn't bring you any results. If you want to send something for 100,000 euros, for example, your customers are super smart that if you spam them on LinkedIn, oh, it's hard. I, I agree. I, the, the problem I see many companies, many outsourcing companies consider their clients idiots in a way that, oh, like, oh, I'll send him man just a message and then he's going to buy our fantastic 20-person 20, 20 uh, team in, in Ukraine. Uh, you know, they're going to buy it for $50 an hour and we're going to have 5,000 worth of work for the next whatever month. It's not, it's not like that. Like, don't consider your clients idiots. They're not they're not even far idiots, you know, they, they, they choose, you have to respect them, you have to give them all the information, you have to be transparent and give them all the information to decide. And um, after all, you know, you, you need to, like, sometimes you, I've seen, you need to lie a bit, you know, you don't, you, always, not always you need to say where our development is in Ukraine, our development is there and there. But um, when, when people will see the quality of the product, when you do a test or a pilot with them, I think the question, where is your team, won't appear. Uh, because I've seen often uh, people being afraid, yeah, I have a team, but it's in Belarus, or it's in Poland, or it's in Ukraine, or it's in Hungary, or in the Balkans. And they're afraid that the Americans will say no, but Americans are also like normal people. So they'll, for them, the, the, well, for them, the quality and the, the product is, is really important. In, in comparison, let's say, with Germany, to be honest, I don't really like working with Germans because they're first uh, very cold. Second, for them, um, India, let's say in India and and Eastern Europe, maybe Eastern Europe is a bit warmer, but for them, price is a big issue. So they're very like scrappy, like very like, okay, like this is five euros cheaper, I'll buy there. Meanwhile, for Americans, maybe Canadians even more, for them, the value you deliver is very important. For them, it's very important to be um, accommodated, right? To be easy to easy to buy, it should be easy to buy, easy to work with you. For Germans, I don't think Germans like Swedish companies, it's not not that much. Uh, and I guess that's why I actually like working with Americans. Um, so uh, for them, value all this branding, all this value is not just words. For them, this matters much. Whether in, in Europe and in rich, richer countries in Europe, um, maybe UK is a bit different. Um, but um, but otherwise, let's say Sweden, Sweden uh, even Sweden, France, Belgium, um, was that uh, Germany, uh, Denmark, Norway? For them, um, um, I think they are not there in terms of uh, culture. Like they're also colder. For them, branding value doesn't matter that much. I mean, that's my personal feeling. I, how about you? Did you work with any of those? Nordic yeah, yes, yeah, similar. I also prefer to work with Americans, and always it was from you know interesting that. I have so far, and even, you know, I'm from Poznan, so I I'm really close to Germany. For me, yeah. it's closer to Berlin than to Warsaw, yeah. a few kilometers. So it's always surprising me that also it was, I am, but I explained it to, to myself that maybe my personality, that I like, you know, 
to be like personal bound and everything, you know, some emotions. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. easier to be excited with Americans than with, with people from UK and and, and West Western world. So of course it depends on the personality, but I have this similar observation that it, for example, easier like for example i'm i'm some mastermind agency masterminds and they it's easier to sell on the call that someone's during the call they sending you know paypal link okay please pay two thousand dollars for the initial payment or something to us people are excited then in here in germany for example okay i need to have invoice and okay it's we need to discuss and here and here and here of course it depends on the size of company but in general I, I I like this also spirit and also part of this that I think even it's we are far from US which closer for us to the, our European neighbors yeah. but we learn business mostly from Americans that we read these books yeah. we listen to this podcast you know that courses everything mm -hmm. so I think that we people in marketing in general we learn so much that we have also the kind of this that it's for us all of and you know many times our english will be more american than uk even i i lived in london i went many times i had company there and everything but i didn't have so big you know connection like with people that i'm listening podcasts every week i'm joining the calls so so i think it could be part of this like doing a business there i feel it's much much more normal than in europe so yeah i i agree with this that it's yeah it's great to work with americans and do business there and with them but yeah, of yeah. course it's all it's also possible i have you know i have also great stories companies from poznan for example they're working just with germans and they're doing great business they uh -huh. hire even german sales people mm, so it's yeah. all, it's also possible and of course that personal preference but yeah i know companies that they focus strictly to the market some markets in europe they also networking there they're building their position they have some you know network they're doing the abm to have partners like in germany uk france it's also great it's also possible so 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 yeah it's still stress dread great opportunity and yeah, next next episode after you i have a person that it's really uh, advanced in arabic world uh, she lived in dubai and wow. in qatar and i want to also ask about this because this i think it could be also interesting interesting direction how to sell to this direction from our part of the world so yeah i think it's many opportunities opportunities in the world and yeah just just to uh, take action and to test from what i know from what i know i mean so in the in our western world uh, it's like you first uh, create a professional relationship and then you basically go and drink there it's mm -hmm. vice versa africa is too like that um i had a uh, Africa is like very much different. It's like you need to build a relationship for a month or for a month, like drink and things like that. And then you go and then you go and sign the contract, you know, like I knew just like this um, in, in the rep, I knew this guy in the Arab countries and he was selling outsourcing from either Ukraine or Belarusia in, in some Arab country. And then the, he, um, the first meeting, nothing. On the second meeting, nothing. And third meeting, he's like, 
his his um, um the the client said okay let's let's uh, let's go and drink something and then they went drinking and they they drank so much and the guy was like oh dude i'm gonna like i'm gonna puke or something i'm really bad and the guy started talking business it's like okay so he, he literally had the co- contract like printed and he's like okay let's talk about the contract i'm like <laughs> oh, he had to take like some drink some coffee the guy so he could like wake up and discuss the contract but he was not able <laughs> crazy. crazy but yeah i heard the stories that it worked similar in poland that you know drink and be do the best business while drinking vodka maybe it's still in some industries in my case i'm happy that i don't need uh, to do business that way but yeah it's, it's always interesting different different ways so while we are you know we were in this you know place about talking about differences so if you can share your insights about difference about mentality between eastern europe and the silicon valley and US. yeah sure uh, i think the silicon valley is uh, silicon valley is very much like um value 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 based like more like um value based and they're very like fast in terms of like decision scaling right so i think the eastern european mentality is really close to the silicon valley in what way we're both very ambitious uh, and we want both uh, results fast you know um and the, i think in the silicon well from from where I, when i've been to the silicon valley from where i talk to people people also want to scale right so either you are you 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 win or you go hungry home you know so uh you win or you die trying like you know like 50 cent you know mm-hmm. uh so <laughs> so in the, in europe it's a similar mentality it's like why many people ask like in uh, in in eastern europe like why this guy um uh, had you know why once he made, had a business he had he bought such a luxury car because he doesn't know in a year if he's going to have the, the business or not you know it can all go to cinder and um in america it's a bit different it's not uh, that you, the the business will burn because of you or um you know that you're doing something illegal but rather because the market is like that and then when your uh, business well your where your growth uh, metrics will 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 uh, will start to slow down it's not going to be hot anymore it's not going to be hot in the market and it's going to be much harder to get investment uh, people and so on so i think this hotness is a very very something that and trendiness and is very important in uh, in silicon valley so ai is hot right so anything you build has needs to have ai in it you know or uh, <laughs> yeah or um, um or anything like uh, was ai um, uh, um deep learning um you know what else is right now trendy um i don't even know i haven't watched silicon valley <laughs> well anyway something that's about i guess about like uh, black people or police or recordings or something related to black lives matter i don't know anything that's like trendy and you can you can connect to your startup or idea that's i think that's that's going to be hot and that's what uh the silicon valley is is into okay Great, great. Thank you for sharing all this, all this interesting information and your insight experience. I want to slightly, you know, slightly to, to, to go to the end, but I want to ask you, where can we find you on internet when we can find your content and where you, your website or LinkedIn profile? Sure, of course. Um, so you can find the easiest way to find me is um, on my LinkedIn profile, ST Stefan Repin. 
um, um, you know, rapping like the name of the painter. So my dad is like Russian. So okay. um, that's another thing. Um, but I, I hate painting and I'm not really good at painting. <laughs> uh, so Stefan Rapping on LinkedIn, just drop me a message. Just make it personalized. I, don't, I really don't like unpersonalized messages from from India, do you like? Do you want website <laughs> development? Then? I don't don't do that. If you want to connect with me, just drop me a message. Hey, yo, I listened to your, the podcast. Let's connect. I'll I'll connect and I'll even help you with uh, your company or Great. whatever. Just yeah. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. And yeah, see you. See you somewhere in the real world. We have some plans. I hope that everything will work. So <laughs> see ya. Bye. 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 <laughs>